Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Street Profits Podcast. I'm your host, Luke, and I'm excited to be here with you today. Oh, it's been way too long, folks, way too long. We had taken a small hiatus, um, close to six months now, and we are back and ready to roll. I apologize, but we had uh, different things happen, some of which we'll get into over the next few episodes and uh, others where uh, we're just going to figure things out here. But I'm glad to be back, and uh, I'm excited. I got a lot of support from a lot of fans and things of that nature as we went through um, this this hiatus and what went on with us. And uh, we are glad to be back. One of, uh, one of those fans that reached out asked a very pointed question, asked me if I could do an episode on the book of Ruth. And uh, full honesty, other than the, you know, one or two times reading through the book of Ruth and uh, what I've ever heard in church, I didn't didn't really know a lot to it. So I decided to take a deep dive and uh, we're going to go ahead and talk about some of the things that came out of uh, my reading of the book of Ruth. So uh, the book of Ruth comes from the Old Testament. It's a small book. I think it's only four chapters. And uh, in it, it talks about, really, the story starts out with a woman named uh, Naomi. Naomi uh, is married to a guy named Elimelech. It's, you know, these Old Testament names and, and me don't get along. Um, but there's a famine. They're from Bethlehem, and there's a there's a big famine, and they decide to move east to the land of Moab with their two sons. And uh, in that process, they move, and uh, their two sons wind up marrying Moabite women, and their names are Ruth and Oprah. And uh, they're there, and tragedy tragedy strikes the family. Um, where while they're in Moab, it winds up that the husband and the two sons both die. This leaving um, Naomi in a in a very very rough spot, right? Uh, in the in the book of Ruth, it says that Naomi uh, told both sisters, um, Ruth and Oprah, to stay with their people. That she was going to go back to Bethlehem. You stay with your people. I have nothing to provide you. Nothing I can give you. Please go back to your family so they can take care of you. Um, these two sisters at this point, they both decide to take two different paths. Oprah decides to go back to her people in Moab. And Ruth says that I'll make my people your people and I will stay with, with you to Naomi. And, you know, she loves her like a daughter for this. And uh, she goes back to uh, Bethlehem, back to Israel with, um, with Naomi. So at this point, they're essentially destitute, nowhere to go, nothing, nothing to do. Uh, their best bet is to try to, in these times where you, you reach back to family. Um, Naomi was in a, in a peculiar spot with that because Naomi was essentially too old to, uh, have kids again, you know, uh, she wasn't in a, in a position where she came from wealth. So she didn't really have much to provide. So without, without anything left to do, Naomi decides that she's going to follow behind the servants in some of these fields and try to pick up whatever scraps they missed during the harvest. And during this time, um, the owners of one of these fields, his name was Boaz. He saw this woman was going behind um, picking up these these scraps, and he told his servants to, you know, 
do not bother her and purposely leave some extra behind so she can have it. You know, showing incredible kindness to to Ruth. And from at that point goes to the story where Ruth goes back to Naomi with all the the scraps of grain she was able to recover and tells her the story of Boaz. When Boaz, uh, Naomi tells Ruth about Boaz is actually a family member that is related to her husband and that he, by right, can wind up taking them in his family. Um, well, you know, there's some a little a little love story here back and forth and Boaz actually is not the next heir in line to take these women in. So he has to essentially buy them from the next of kin. And he does that um, as an act of kindness. And he winds up, he actually ends up to the point where he marries Ruth. Get married, they have a kid. And uh, this kid's name is Obed, right? And, uh, you know, doesn't really mean much to any of us as a major character in the Bible, but Obed is actually the grandfather of King David. So ties everything into the storyline of uh, David becoming the king of Israel and eventually leading on to the bloodline that would, that Jesus Christ would come from. This is very, very important for a number of reasons. And I don't want to, you know, get on Obed too much because really that's all the story tells us about Obed is that Obed winds up becoming King David's grandfather. But I want to focus on is the story. In the story, you see a multitude of things, right? Um, you see a woman who leaves her own people to, to join, to join Naomi back with her people out of a loyalty, right? Um, there's a there's a conflict between Naomi and the girls as she wants them to go home because she has nothing to give. And Naomi chooses, or, correction, Ruth chooses to follow Naomi anyway out of love and support, right? It shows an incredible amount of kindness. I would like to focus on that for a little bit. The, the kindness that um, Ruth shows Naomi really comes back around to her in the end uh, in her love with Boaz, right? It was that kindness that sparked Boaz's interest in her in the first place. It's very important. And then to show that that kindness was in turn shown onto her from Boaz and created a very, you know, loving, healthy relationship that, you know, essentially created the bloodlines for King David and the eventual savior. You know, this is where I just start ad-libbing and stuff, and here we go. Uh, what touched my heart with all this is that, you know, if you asked Ruth when she met her husband, Naomi's son, in Moab, uh, if you asked her that she thought that she would be, have to be a widow move to a foreign land, be destitute, find love as a servant and working in the fields, and then go on to create the bloodline for the savior of all mankind. I'm sure she wouldn't have said that. I don't think anybody would have said that. 
I think uh, she would have wanted the um, ancient Middle Eastern equivalent of a picket fence and a white house and two kids and a middle-class life. Um, but that's not what, what she got. And oftentimes, I think that us in our journey, we have an idea for what we think our life is supposed to be and what even what we think maybe we think God wants for us. And oftentimes it turns out looking so different. Um, it's hard for us to see because we don't have the big picture and God does. Um, if at any point Ruth could have walked away at any point, I mean, Naomi tried to tell her to go away and yet she's, chose to stay on the path that she thought was right. It's very important for us as Christians and believers to understand that uh, if, if we feel like we are going in a direction that God has called us to go, that even if it looks nothing like what we originally intended it, what we originally thought it would look like, we have to stay true to the faith in what we think God wants us to do because ultimately it's going to come out to this thing much greater than we could even imagine. Uh, oftentimes these changes, these things that we see that are different than our own oftentimes turn out to be, you know, not easy. You know, it wasn't easy for her to lose her husband. It wasn't easy for her to travel uh, to a distant land. It wasn't easy for her to be destitute and work as a servant in the fields. Um, none of that was easy. None of that was expected, but it was all necessary to get to the point where God needed her to be in a situation to do the greatness that he needed out of her. I mean, let's be honest, God didn't need it. God used it. God doesn't need anything from us, but he, uh, he uses us in these situations, and it's oftentimes not what we see. It's not what we visioned, but our doesn't make that use any less. If anything, it makes it greater because we see the awe, the all-encompassing greatness that God has in store for us that we're not even capable of seeing ourselves. Uh, Ruth, uh, you know, is a great example of that. Ruth, at any point you know, could have let those circumstances turn her bitter, could have changed the way she thought or felt towards Naomi or towards the people of Israel. Um, and she did none of those things. And yet I think we find ourselves in today's culture the second something doesn't look like we expected it. We change our mind. We turn bitter. We look in another direction, maybe for an easier path, the opposite path something something to get us back to what we envisioned. But we have to sometimes have an open mind and an open heart to what God's vision is because that's ultimately what is best for us. Um, you know, I brought up a name Oprah in the beginning when I was telling the story, and Oprah is Ruth's sister, also a daughter-in-law to Naomi. Oprah listened to Naomi. Oprah, Oprah went away. What else do we hear about Oprah in the story? The answer is absolutely nothing. Now, what came of her? 
I don't know. She could have got a family and got that white picket fence in ancient Israel, you know, like uh, she originally planned for. We have no idea. But the point is, she walked away. And she no longer was in God's plans for what needed for the people of Israel. And we all sit in these situations. So it's up to us to figure out, you know, when is the right time to cut and run and when is the right time to stay the course. That being said, there's nothing nothing in there that says Oprah did anything wrong. So I don't want to sit here and say that she made the wrong choice. But there is a clear view of two different choices and, and what we find out. One one lady changed the course of of our world and the other one disappears from the record books. And that's a very telling situation for all of us to take a look at. Um, get to my last points here is that um, there are many of us out here that are not certain if we're on the right path. We're not not certain if uh, our vision matches God's vision. And all I can say to that is uh, get deep into prayer. Get deep into, into prayer. God has this amazing way of showing us in either life circumstances. Sometimes people hear him through prayer. Uh, sometimes it's a feeling that you get. It just lets you know that you're going in the right direction. I've had uh, many times over the course of the past few years where I've struggled in prayer and literally cried out to to God to show me the right way. And oftentimes it's a little thing, you know, it's a, it's a thought that creeps into your mind that doesn't sound like it's your own. It's a uh, email you get about uh, some business venture you're in that you weren't expecting and it magically appears. Sometimes it's a call from a friend that just wants to tell you what a good job you're doing with something or they're so proud of you for not doing something else. God's ways are not our ways and we have to be open to understand that, to listen and to pay attention because if we, if we are paying attention and we're in an open relationship with God, like we all should be through prayer, he's, he's going to reveal what, what is right for your life. And you'll, you'll know, you'll know. Um, last, last topic is when you're in these situations, when you're in these situations and you feel like, you feel like it's not going right and you feel like it's hard, it's painful, it hurts. Um, but you haven't gotten the, the clear definition of, of God wanting you to go in a different direction. I, I implore you to hold fast, stay tight. Oftentimes God is, is not putting you in a bad situation to make life harder on you. He's putting you in this situation to prepare you for the greatness that's that's out there for you and preparing you for the work that, that he wants you to accomplish on this earth. And those that shaping is not easy. That pruning is not easy. Oftentimes it's painful. Oftentimes it hurts, and it hurts in ways that are unimaginable to explain. But to stay the course and maintain the right perspective, 
when he gets done refining you and shaping you and, and helping you to prepare you for the path he wants you to go, oh, how beautiful that feeling is when you come out on the other side. There's nothing like it. It's uh, indescribable. The peace you feel that you know that you're doing what God wants you to do on this earth, the things that he's going to have you do to help others, to, to let you be an example, to show what, you know, the refiner's fire can do if you if you hold fast and trust in him and trust in the process these things are all all vital and so important with that being said um, I would like to announce that uh, over the next couple episodes we're going to have a few guests on we're going to talk about some things we lost some people very important to the program Um, the pastor that was on a few episodes with me in, in the beginning of this, um, I'm sad to say the pastor passed due to COVID. Um, this was a few, couple months ago. Um, it was it was very quick. Um, I had pretty much heard he had got sick, and then I pretty much heard he had passed. And I, to be honest with you, I didn't know how to how to take it. Um, he was one of my biggest supporters in this. Um, he was a mentor, more importantly, he was a friend and knowing that he would no longer be with me really shook me a little bit in the thought of moving on with this podcast. But then I think back to the story of Ruth and how the path was not how she intended it but all the greatness and glory that came from it. I felt there was nothing, no better way to honor Pastor Meadows than to continue on with this podcast. And uh, all of you out there, I would appreciate prayers for his family, his wife, his kids, and uh, all the parishioners at his church, um, that you keep him in your thoughts and prayers. And... Uh, You know, I'm not the only person here to lose someone recently, and I'm not the only person to lose someone from COVID. Um, But I know it hurts, and I know that all of us out there just have to remember that God has a plan, and He wants what's best for us. And that when we lose someone here on this earth to COVID or to cancer or to any, any of the ways that, that we lose people in this world, that God must be ready for him. He must be. And uh, I'm very thankful that Pastor Meadows is sitting with Jesus right now. No more tears, no more pain, no more heartache. So with that being said, let's send this bad boy in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for the time and the place to perform this podcast. Lord, I want to thank you for the listeners out there that continue to to feed back information and to urge me to continue this process. Lord, I want to pray for everyone out there that's struggling, heartache, pain. Lord, be with them, strengthen them, and help them get through these days, Lord. Help them realize that your way, that your refining fire is going to shape them into what you ultimately want them to be, Lord, and 
help them stay the path, Lord. If they happen to be on the wrong path, not your way, Lord, open their eyes to that so they can get on the right path and move in the direction you want them to go, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for all the blessings that you've given us. And we pray all this in Jesus' almighty and all-powerful name. Amen.